Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All of a sudden, they've been rolling, including the win over the Warriors a couple Saturdays ago when they rallied from a 22-point second-half deficit. George, good morning, man. Welcome back to the Morning Rose. Joe Spinotti in for Shasky. I'm Bonte, of course. George, what's happening? Bonte, what's up, man? Joe, nice to meet you over the phone, buddy. Thanks George, for having me, guys. I appreciate you. I've been watching you since I was in high school and around the horn, man. Yeah, so, you don't need so, to tell them who you root for. Uh, well, nah. it's all right. Big Laker fan. It's all good. <laughs> oh, man. George. <laughs> I deal with Laker fans every day, so I get it. No worries. You get it. You don't deal with many Clipper fans? How many Clipper fans are down there? Not many. Um, <laughs> well, here's, here's what I would say. They have a very um, they have a very small niche diehard group, but they're just small. Like it's, If I had to break it down, it's easily over 90% Laker fans when it yeah. comes to basketball fans, and whatever's left is, is uh, Clipper fans, as far as the L.A. natives are concerned. Yeah, no doubt. They are playing better, and we'll get to the game in just a little bit here. Obviously, the big news – of the day is Jeremiah Green being suspended again. And before the season, George, and you know the Warriors inside and out, he said it was the most important season of his career coming off of what happened last season. And we know how last season played out for the Golden State Warriors from beginning to end. Well, he's been suspended twice now. He's been ejected in three games. He missed the first two games due to an ankle injury. Missed another game due to personal reasons. Uh, we know about the choke with Curry Gobert. We know about yesterday or Tuesday night with Yusuf Nurkic. I mean, what were your thoughts on the latest Draymond ejection and suspension? What's your thoughts about that? Well, my immediate reaction was, what is he going through? Like, that was just my immediate reaction, that he thought that that... Because I remember listening to the explanation and him trying to draw a foul. And look, I get if you're trying to draw a foul, you know, you flail your arms, but that wasn't flailing his arms. That was legitimately... And I've covered the UFC in the past for a number of years... That was a legit spinning back fist, but not, not just open-handed, right? Like, that was what he did in that scenario. And I immediately said to myself, oh, he's going to get at least 10 games. Like, that's just what, what popped into my head after that, after digesting it. And the indefinite suspension, I will say, is a testament to Adam Silver and just kind of his willingness to be a partner with teams and players. Mm. Because... David Stern would not have done that. (laughs) David Stern would have levied probably a 15 to 20 game suspension, maybe more. Maybe I'm even being light. And again, I think that Draymond should thank his lucky stars that it's Adam Silver's NBA and not David Stern's NBA. But he certainly needs the help. I think that the approach is smart. I don't know what he's going to need to do to be uh, to remedy this, both from a personal perspective and from a league-wide perspective, yeah. because I think that's the thing. It's the perception is the reality now. And he is always a player, as you guys know, who has played on the edge. Mm-hmm. But now he's completely over the edge at times on a very regular basis. And you can't have that if you're the Warriors or the league, for that matter, or him especially. Yeah, he's already missed half of the team's games. It has been a whirlwind with Draymond Green. What do the Warriors as an organization fall into this place? Because remember, they didn't really punish him after the Jordan Poole incident. He got to practice a little bit, not with the team, but at night. But he didn't get suspended for any games 
And they didn't really police him during that year. And we know about his resume going back to 2016 in the NBA Finals. Have the Warriors organization failed him? And I don't want to call them enablers, but it feels like they've enabled him to act like this and haven't really checked him along the way. And here we are today with another suspension in 2023. Perhaps. I don't want to say that, but, I mean, I'm not going to rule it out summarily. But I just think ultimately they know that his leadership and his passion have been a big part of what have driven them to championships, right? He has been an incredible component to what they've been and what they've accomplished. I'll give you a perfect example as to how that team, and particularly Steve Kerr, feels about Draymond. So the year that you guys lost everybody except Draymond, remember a couple years ago, I think it was... Oh, yeah, 2019, 2020. Was that 19? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So right before the pandemic, right, exactly. So... Um, I remember doing a game early in the season, November. You guys were playing Boston, and it was really just Draymond and the kids on the floor that night. And it was third quarter. Game was fairly close still, like within reach. And you guys were playing your asses off against a team that was clearly better based on who was on the floor. And I remember sitting there uh, courtside, next to my guy Raymond Ritter, and I noticed Steve, as Draymond checked out, stopped him and had a legit conversation with him, gave him some love, right, and then just kind of kept it moving. So in my third quarter interview with Steve, this just happened coincidentally, before I went on cam, I said, hey, I saw you talk to Draymond. Can I ask you about that? He's like, yeah, no problem. So I asked him. I said, you had a a fairly long conversation with Draymond as he was stepping out, and he said, I just wanted to tell him that I understand the challenges we're dealing with and the leadership that he brings and how much we love him and how much he means to what we do. So that to me encapsulates the feeling of the organization towards Draymond. They have a debt of gratitude that is, you know, I mean, it's, it's almost uncomparable, right, to anything else um, unless you've been in one of those championship moments or one of those teams that has been through the ups and downs, right? And, they, and the Warriors had never been really through the downs at that point, and they were dealing with it in real time. And Draymond was the guy who was leading them through that ridiculously difficult moment of their franchise's history, right, where everybody was hurt. So I, to answer your question, to they enable him? I, just, I, I guess, like I said, maybe, but I, I think it was they enabled him or they coddled him or they loved him and emoted towards him that way because of all the things that he's done for them. And I think this stuff has just really kind of been a more recent phenomenon. So I don't really think one has to do with the other, but you know, maybe some small sliver of it does have to do with it, but I just don't believe that's the overwhelming reason right. why he's acting this way. No doubt. No doubt. So a big part of Draymond Green's, you know, tenure here, obviously Bob Myers, was there. And Bob was this guy that, you know, he could corral Draymond, if you will. He was the guy that would go on the court, and he's now your teammate over at ESPN, obviously, former uh, president of basketball operations here. He would go on there. Hey, Draymond's freaking out. The president of basketball operations, not the head coach, not a player. It was Bob Myers going down to console Draymond Green a lot of the time. Now he's gone. Enter Mike Dunleavy Jr. And what a hell of a first season for Mike. You get rid of Jordan Poole, you bring in Chris Paul. 
Now Draymond Green is indefinitely suspended. Andrew Wiggins has been a no-show a lot this season. Klay Thompson, obviously, coming off two major injuries. There is a lot on Mike Dunleavy Jr.'s plate right now, and I feel like it's going to be very telling in the next month or two what's the trade market going to look like? What's going to go on with Chris Paul, with Klay Thompson, with Andrew Wiggins? What is your sense of what the Golden State Warriors are going to be doing this next month, George? Are they playing for the playoffs, for a championship? Like, where are you at with Golden State right now, December 14th, 2023? They've got to figure out what they are. And it's going to be very difficult to do that without Draymond. Let's start with that. But they need to be a playoff team first. Like, I don't know if they're a championship-level team. I, I, I don't believe so at the moment. Now, that can change. To your point, there is a trade deadline. Uh, Clay is a notorious slow starter, I believe, in five of his 11 seasons. He shot 40% or below mm-hmm. uh, in the first, um, first I guess, basically the before season. the turn. Yeah, first yeah, month of the, the season. Before the turn of the calendar. Right, before the turn of the calendar. So I'd like to see what January and February looks like with Clay. Because remember last year, slow start. And then January, he had the highest scoring month of his career. Yep. Um, and then February, he had the third highest scoring month of his career. So I, I'm going to give Clay the benefit of the doubt and see what it looks like until the All-Star break. Which, by the way, is also around where the trade deadline is. But I, I think we are teetering here, guys, in my opinion. And I say this with the ultimate respect because they have been arguably the premier franchise in the entire sport for a decade. But we are teetering on their championship window closing right now. And this era, potentially. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Closing right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good teams out there. Oklahoma City, Minnesota, Denver, the reigning champs. The Lakers, were, you know they're going to make moves, and they're a legit team. Uh, they're a top-four team in the Western Conference. And then you get to the Clippers, George. They make the big deal for James Harden, and right away it doesn't start off great, right? 0-5. Westbrook requests to go to the bench, but what do you know? They were 73 in their last 10. They blew out Sacramento the other night. They beat the Warriors a couple Saturdays ago. They're now playing better basketball. I believe they beat the Nuggets during that stretch as well. The Clippers now are a team that you have to worry about here. So when you talk about the Warriors being a championship team, hell, George, I don't know if they're a playoff team right now because you look at the Western Conference right now, and it's loaded. And now the Clippers are finding their groove here uh, down in L.A. And boy, was that noise loud when they were 0-5 to start, okay? The noise locally, because Laker fans, the Lakers fans, besides trying to win championships, the thing they love the most is to razz Clipper fans, <laughs> and they were, they were giving it to them here in L.A. And then nationally, the noise was loud, okay, because of the trade for James Harden. But I, am a, I was a staunch believer then, and I am a staunch believer now, that Ty Lue is one of the top three to five coaches in the NBA, and when you're that kind of coach, I think you can figure it out. I feel like Ty's motto, and I, I know him a little bit from covering him over the years, that you give him the talent, he'll figure it out. And this one may have been more difficult to figure out than the previous iterations because there's a lot of mouths to feed on this one, but he seems to have righted the ship, you know, slowly but surely here. And I'm with you. I think they're dangerous. 
And as long as they, everybody can figure out what their role is going to be on that team on a given night, I think that they absolutely can be a championship contender. And I know that most people will dismiss that because right. of their history and because of some of the players involved, particularly James um, and even Russ to some extent and Paul George, because we all know Kawhi can be a killer right. uh, when it comes down to it. Yep. But I think that when you, when you look at those other guys, I think there's a lot of questions, right, about what kind of players they are. Are they 16-game players? Because mm-hmm. they certainly are 82-game players. And I think that Ty can make them 16-game players. And they're still deep beyond that. We haven't even talked about guys like Norman Powell, right? right. Like, they've got a Zubach. bunch of guys. I like Zubach. Right. Yeah, right. Perfect 20-minute, 25-, 30-minute player uh, for you at center, depending on the matchup. They've got plenty of pieces. So they're incredibly dangerous. And, yeah, I, look, I look at Ty as, as I mentioned, a top three to five coach. I put him in the same category as – Steve and Spo and those type of guys right now, that if you give them a squad, uh, they're going to do really well. Pop is obviously in that category, but he doesn't have a squad right now. He's got a bunch of young kids that have lost mm-hmm. 18 in a row or whatever it's been. So, but I, I think that Ty is in that category, so I'm not surprised that they were able to write the ship. George Sedano with us right now, covers the NBA for ESPN. And George, you know, talking about the Clippers there, and ultimately it's going to come down to health for them. And I, they got Zubots. I still can't believe that trade. Mike Muscala for a Vitsis Zubots. It's just a horrible Get trade. That's it. the Magic Johnson special right there. Um, but yeah. who has the most trade value on the Warriors outside of Stephen Curry right now to you? Whew, man, that's a tough question. Um, <sighs> wow. You, you stumped me on that one for a second because here's the thing. I, if, if, okay, if Draymond wasn't suspended, right, if, if he wasn't suspended indefinitely, it might be him. <laughs> um, wow. Wow. Um, Is it Andrew, con- where's Andrew Wiggins at? Let me help you because Andrew Wiggins has four. He just His four-year extension just kicked in. And Andrew yeah, Wiggins. That's the problem, though. Has, that's, that's the problem. It's though. a lot of money that's left the on the books, and I'm sure teams would ask, hey, why'd you miss two months? What's going on with yeah. the average of 12 points a night? Like, is it Jonathan Kaminga, yep. maybe, because he's raw but shows a lot of potential? Maybe it's Moody. Maybe it's Clay on an expiring contract. Maybe CP3. I don't know. <laughs> so, so that, that they all – none of those situations are perfect, right, for other teams. They're not – none of those situations are situations that everyone certainly is going to clamor for because here's the, here's the thing. Let's tackle them one by one. Clay, and I love him, okay? I, I, Dad and I work together down here in L.A. I love the family. They're incredible. Clay has always been awesome with me whenever I've had to deal with him. But you mentioned, yes, it's an expiring. That part is good if you're a team trying to make a deal. But you got to pay him, right? And then what does he want to get paid at this stage of his career? So I think that is something that, you know, I could see teams having some trepidation. The Chris Paul deal, again, similar, right? Some trepidation there Mm -hmm. with whatever's left on his deal. Mm -hmm. Um because I don't think you're going to have to pay him again in a big way, but you're still going to have to deal with some of the financial ramifications. And Wiggins, here's the thing about Wiggins. I think that Wiggins is now at the stage, because remember, he's played basketball for a long time. Yep. Remember, he, started, he came into the league 18, 19 years mm-hmm. old. So he's been in the league for a decade, okay? And I think for the first time in his career, he's no longer the guy that can just walk in there and be like, oh, I'm ready to play, even though I haven't done a ton in the summer, right? right. You know what I mean? Like, where I'm, I, you know, I, I can work. Kids, when you get to a certain age, 
you no longer can work your way into shape, right? Because mm-hmm. most NBA guys do that. And I don't know if that's what Andrew does or not, but I get the sense that, you know, he was just so naturally gifted as an athlete that he just could kind of go and, and, and get himself ready and right in a very quick fashion. And it feels like he's starting to see a little semblance of mileage on him. Mm. And I think because the new contract is kicking in, if I can see that, I guarantee you other teams see that. Mm. Okay. Mm. So I I think that's why that, that scenario, I, I don't know how interested teams would be because what is he at this stage and look at what you have to pay him. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point there. Warriors have some decisions to make. Like, I got to win some games here. If they win some games and get back into it, then it's a moot point. But, boy, 10 to 13, well, Clippers tonight, Brooklyn Saturday, Boston's coming to town Tuesday, can't sleep on the Blazers on Sunday. How they just played the Blazers, and the Blazers had the lead up until the eight-minute mark in the yeah. fourth quarter. So there's no yeah. kibbies for the Warriors right now, especially no, with no, Andre and, and by the way, let me, let me add this about Wiggins, too. I'm not saying like he's done that. Please don't let's not misinterpret that. What I'm saying is at a certain stage of your career after 10 years and that kind of mileage, you have to treat your body differently. Mm. You have to activate yourself almost year round to an extent. And I say that as someone who has covered LeBron for over a decade, right. And, and know what he does with his body. I've been around Chris for a long time. And, you know, I mean, Chris is not young by any stretch of the imagination. Right. He's nearly the same age as LeBron. And say what you want, he still moves around pretty well out there considering he's nearly 40 years old, okay? Right. So uh, I think that you hit a certain stage of your life in, 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 basketball life uh, in basketball life, and you have to just apply things to your lifestyle that are different than you used to uh, prior to that 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 spot in time, right, where it all mm-hmm. of a sudden flips. It happens to all of us as natural human beings. I don't know about you, but when I turned 40, I couldn't go to L.A. Fitness and just play pickup basketball with no. 25-year-olds anymore. No, no, okay? no. <laughs> so, it, so imagine trying to do that against professional athletes who are always going to be bigger, stronger, faster, younger, more athletic, you know what I'm saying, than, than you are. Uh, every year, someone is going to be stronger, faster, or more athletic than you as you grow older in the NBA. That's such a good point there, George. George Sinano, ESPN. When, what's your next game? When you what, What's on deck for you this weekend? So I've got a bunch of college football bowl games, a lot of play-by-play on that. Right. And then I've got NBA Christmas. I've got Phoenix-Dallas. Oh, that'd be good. Um, and then, uh, you know, a bunch of games in January, yeah. too. So. Luca KD, nice. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be really good, really good. And the bowl games, I still love bowl season. Man, who doesn't love bowl season? I think I might go down to the Rose Bowl to see Michigan, Alabama. I got to see those winged helmets at the Rose Bowl one time. George, man, always good having you on, man. We love your insight. Continue the great work at ESPN, brother. Appreciate it, guys. Don't forget the great thing about bowl games, swag. Everybody gets swag. Players Everybody get gets swag. swag. Even yes. the broadcasters potentially get so, swag. So, so that's what, what bowl thing. games? Now I got to ask. Cheez-It Bowl? Is it oh, Emerald no. Bowl? No. Is it, I think the Cheez-It Bowl is done, by the way. Uh, what, 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 what are you so looking forward to? What's bowl games? Th- three bowl games. I've got the Frisco, Texas Bowl, which is uh, Marshall and Texas, San Antonio. I've got the Guaranteed Rate Bowl oh. uh, in Phoenix. Uh, on the 26th, and then the Liberty Bowl on the 29th. Well, yeah, out there in Memphis, uh, Tennessee, the old, Li- the old Liberty Bowl. No, I like that a lot, man. George, good stuff, man. We'll be we'll be listening on those bowl games. All right, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Have Anytime. a great uh, Thanks, day, great show, and happy holidays. Happy, happy holidays, holidays to you too, Merry George. Christmas. Absolutely. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.